Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining another episode of Strategy Mob. Do you like that? Nice. You know how I kind of like make my voice a little deeper when I say I that? I like that. Is it, is the radio strategy, strategy mob. mob. I like it. <laughs> Today I am jamming with a long friend, uh, Keneal Black. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, we were just talking about this because we were saying we had actually seen each other face to face for six, se- seven years. Six or seven years. So yeah. a lot has changed, you know, and we've had the opportunity to kind of keep in contact and follow each other along our journeys as we went along. But it's so cool to finally have you on the show. Thank um, you so much. Keneal, for everybody out there that kind of don't know who you are, kind of how you got started in the industry, I thought it'd be fun to kind of kick off today's podcast with an origin story. That is Keneal Black. (laughs) So so Keneal, like, tell me, how'd you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Um, I basically got fed up with working a nine to five at CIBC. And, uh, you know, my wife was like, well, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, she goes to me, you know, you leave the house, you come home pissed off. What gives, you know, get out of there and do something else. So I went, I was like, okay, well, what do I like? I like cars and I love dealing with people. Let's do that. So that's what it was. I jumped in head first. I was like, let's go sell cars. Sometimes it's just that simple, right? Like I find there's, like, there's usually only two ways we get in this business, right? Or actually in mm-hmm. my case, three, either you're born into it. Yeah. You, you fumble your way into it, or in into my case, you got, conned, you got conned into it. <laughs> you got uh, tricked. <laughs> I did, dude. I had a, I had a roommate that was like, uh, hey, Jay, you like selling stuff, right? I'm like, yeah, I like selling. You like cars, don't you? I love cars. So why don't you yeah. come sell cars with me? Little did I know the guy got paid a $600 or five, sorry, $500 bonus if I stayed mm-hmm. with the dealership for longer than 90 days. Wow. <laughs> so nice. he, he was asking everybody he knew if they wanted to come sell cars. Of course, <laughs> it's like multi-level marketing, but for cars, dude. That's literally exact that was, and hey, actually, that's it worked. Hey, it worked. That I works. Got, I got I got conned into it. I got sucked into it, and I've just and been here. You are, and it's been, dude. It's been a fun ride. But you know, so many things have changed, and, and so, many so many things have changed in the industry. Even the short amount of time that I've been, I mean, I know guys that've been in business 30, 40 years. I've been in for fifteen or eighteen. No, mm-hmm. yeah, almost eighteen. Um, but you know, I think our biggest amount of change is literally what's happened in the last six months. Isn't that oh, crazy? Yeah. Crazy, crazy, so unprecedented, it, unprecedented. It, it really is, man. So I, 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 I wanted to take some time and chat with you and just kind of get kind of a feeling from you of just kind of how things have changed for you and kind of also get your thoughts of how you think things are going to change, you know, moving yeah. forward in the next six to 12 yeah. months. Um, well, firstly, coming right out of COVID, it was it was very different than what I thought. It was opposite. I thought we would have been struggling. Nobody's coming through the doors. I basically had the best two months that I had, you know, and that was, I was like, whoa, hey, what's going on here? People are just coming out of the woodwork, right? And I think um, that has to do with, you know, some people are better in a better financial position because of the CERB. You know, some people are just not going to do public transit anymore, you know, so our, our as-is sales kind of went straight up too. Uh, all at the same time. It was crazy. Um, but realistically, it just kind of showed me like you got to it's adapt or die. Right. And that's just the bottom line for any business, any industry. Um, but the, the crazy thing was uh, it's actually fast forwarding or fast tracking that whole digital buying experience. Right. 
dealers who didn't really do it before are now forced to adapt to it. Because if you don't adapt, your client's going to go to somebody who will adapt. Plain and simple. No, 100%. Like, I, like our communication efforts have had to adapt in a really fast way. 100%. I mean, look, me and you definitely have always been in on the same thought pattern is that you know, right. a digital customer is not really much different than a physical customer. It's just, That's right. you know, I just, it's a different, it's, 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 it's just a different type of relationship and we have to nurture mm-hmm. both relationships so that we can progress from one, from, from one to the other. Right. That's right. Um, so, so, so I'm curious for you, how have you seen, you know, the demand, uh, on communications mm-hmm. uh, for salespeople, you know, that's happened over the last six months. And how do you think that demand is going to continue to stay for the next six months? Yeah, um, the demand has definitely increased in terms of like emails and response times, that kind of stuff. Um, and people, I find that people are actually more understanding if you're not getting back to them immediately, only because they know there's so many more people you have to now, you know, communicate in in an electronic sense. Um, Going forward, I think, again, it's just going to continue going that direction, right? It's a, it's a natural progression of, of what's happening because so many other industries have adopted that online sales thing. And so cars have to catch up. Uh, but I still think having that personal interaction is, is, is really good, is key, right? No, 100%. And do you find that the that that kind of personal interaction is changing? I mean, do you feel like we're... Or, I, I think there's two frame of thoughts right now, right? There are people that bit. are that are just kind of waiting and hoping and keeping their fingers crossed that everything's just going to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the, other kind of, the, the other kind of thought is that, no, the customer's fundamentally changed. You know, yes. they, they, they've, they've had to now order things online. They've had to engage with businesses online more in the last you know, four to six months they've ever had in their entire, entire life. life. And yeah. will they ever actually really go back, you know, to to that type of engagement where it's just they're going to be driving into a, a place of business? Or do you think they'll continue, you know, to to uh, do that kind of that digital communications, mm. that, that digital uh, connection with the business? What do you think? I think it totally depends on the demographic. Um, those are the people that, so let's say the older folks who, have had a very tough time, a tough go of adapting to that digital sales world or digital business. Um, they're going to, they're going to jump at the chance to do things old school, right? Some, some are very good at it. Some are not. Um, and then obviously the younger generation, it's business as usual. I, I find honestly, like nothing has changed for a lot of them because yeah, a lot of them don't even have wallets. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, that's so true. Like, I mean, like literally, I mean, like that is, that is my wallet. It's, right? I literally have no cash in this thing. Um, there you, go. you know, this, this is how I pretty much almost pay for almost everything that I right. do anymore. Right, here. right. It's just, you know, that type of device, you know, I, I, you know, I was talking to, um, uh, to some younger friends of mine. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and th- 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 some of them just recently bought cars. And they're actually super happy about it because the dealership seems to be more willing to communicate with them in a digital way, which before it was more of kind of like pulling teeth. Like pulling they, teeth. You know, it's like they would kind of send out multiple inquiries and, mm-hmm. you know, hope that someone would get back to them. You know, yeah. now now they get the feeling that the, that the dealership is either better trained or willing to go yes. farther in the actual buying process yeah. online versus in person. Um, and are you seeing kind of the same thing depending on yes. the demographic? Yes, totally. Um, I also feel like some dealers don't really have a choice. They have to engage online. And they, for instance, 
if a customer wants numbers online, I mean, last year or two years ago, they'd be like, no, don't put no numbers online. What are you talking about? Don't put it anything in writing. Uh, now it's like, yeah, you got to send them the numbers. How many numbers do we need? How many terms? Like now it's just give them the information so they can come in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Transparency, I think, is really going to be key. You know, I've been, been doing a lot of consulting with dealerships right now. And and I think moving forward is, is that see that the last few months they were forced to be very, very transparent because so That's much right. of the transaction had to happen online before they come into the dealership. That's right. And and. But, but here's the kicker, man. I'm seeing some people go backwards. And then I'm seeing some dealerships continue to move forward. Right. And, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about that. You know, it's just like, we, I want that movement to continue to move forward. It's like Absolutely. people have gotten used to, to your point, right? Last couple of months have been amazing. Uh, the oh, most, yeah. most people I've talked to have just had some record-breaking months. But yeah. I, I hate to say that there's this kind of false sense of success. Yeah, a lull is coming. Right, like, yeah, like win, winter is coming. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna throw some Game of Thrones at music right? while, we're, while we're doing this podcast. Because, right? but, but, but it's true, though. Yeah. It's yeah. true, right? It's like Q four for us has always kind of been that that slower time of the year, okay. and you know, I just I feel like if there's any salespeople out there that are watching, listening, any sales managers out there watching, listening, this like we mm-hmm. really got to continue to train and mm-hmm. coach our staff on our communication efforts because I don't look the customer's not slowing down. They've gotten used to this and they want to keep this they want to keep mm-hmm. this up. Mm-hmm. Now one of the reasons that we actually connect and decided to do a well we've been meaning to do a podcast for a while, but for the while, thing yeah. I saw that got me super excited, um mm-hmm. and I saw a post that you posted recently where Kanil that you were nominated for mm-hmm. was is the best salesperson? Best salesperson. It's based on customer service. That is so cool. So tell me a little Thank bit you. about that. How, how did that come about and kind of what your initial thoughts were when you heard? Okay. Um, so I actually won for 2019 um, across the GTA, across all brands for 2019. Um, and so I'm nominated for the top 10 for this year. And the first time I even heard about it, it was totally random. Like I didn't, I was working towards something like this. I didn't know it even existed. And then it just showed up. My wife was like, hey, um, you know, I sent you a link. Go check it out. Um, you know, one of my customers' husbands is, is being nominated. And then she checks it. She looks herself. And then before I even got a chance, and she goes, did you know about this? And I'm like, know about what? She's like, you're on the list. I was like, what? Really? And then I was like in the top, top four or something like that. So, you know, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's, you know, I almost almost to a point where I felt like, well, it's about time. I've been really pushing for that, you know, customers need to be happy about buying a car is not scared kind of a thing. And I form my whole thing around customers loving the experience, right? Going that extra mile, doing the things that other dealers won't do, you know, revealing truths that other dealers are trying to hold to their chest because they feel that it's going to make them more money. Um, and so being nominated second time around just kind of goes to show um, that customers appreciate my approach and, you know, it will kind of wake up some dealerships, which I've noticed, um, to the, the idea that, you know, your customer is, is what's, was where your money comes from. You know, it's not, Oh, you know, I have a superstar sales guy or, you know, you have to do what the customer needs for you to do. You have to 
treat them in such a way that they feel welcome, that they feel warm. You create that experience that, you know, is unforgettable. It's so good that they run out to their neighbor. They show off to their friends and their family and they talk about you. And then you're like, thanks so much. Right. So in the last little while, just referrals have just been coming left, right and center. And I just, I just feel it coming back full force. It's like full circle almost, you know? Um, and I just kind of wanted to prove to myself and even the dealer that I'm at to say, Hey, listen, customer service is the most important part that you guys need to focus on currently. Um, and if you don't, you're going to lose to the, to the businesses that do take that stance. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and Kanil, one of the things that I kind of notice, I know about you and Mm -hmm. is, is that it is really going to be the, the Kanil experience. Yes. Like, I mean, look, I understand that, look, you work at a great dealership. So, yes. uh, you know, um, but the dealership has their experience and then there is the Keneal experience. And That's it's right. something that I've been like pounding a drum on really hard for a long time for salespeople to really kind of understand or take that kind of barbershop approach to their car mm-hmm. dealership mm-hmm. is that it's like, you know, you're, you're renting the chair. Like that's your yes. chair. Okay. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the, what the customer's emotions or thoughts or feelings or experience is mm-hmm. completely controllable within your wheelhouse. And right. you know, I, I, I hate to say it, Keneal, but there's still a lot of salespeople out there that just, don't believe that is their ultimate responsibility mm-hmm. to create the experience that they're that's just right. kind of there to facilitate the actual transaction. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not necessarily the case for you. No, um, no, no. So walk me kind of through the Keneal experience. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the first things first, it starts with the greeting, right? That's, that's really everything. Um, and my approach is, you know, whether you're there to see me or you're just in the dealership, you're going to get greeted. You're going to get greeted um, and you're going to you're going to get shown where the coffee and the water and the tea and the biscuits are so that, you know, hey, listen, we're being taken care of. Somebody's looking out for us. That's one. Uh, and that's more general. Um, secondly, uh, I make sure to kind of give them a chance to sit down and tell me about themselves. Right. You know, what are your hobbies? What are you using the vehicle for? Do you have kids? You know, um, how old are they? How long are you keeping your car like? And then really take in that information and say, hey, you know what? Are you sure you want to go with this trim? Because based on your, based on the information we have here, like your your budget, you may not want you don't you may not need to go with this trim based on your budget and the things you need. I can show you a different car that hey, you you'll be happy with that, or it's up to you at the end of the day. But I'll say, hey, listen, I have about ten years, eleven years of experience. This is what I think. You sh- this is the way I think you should go. And this is what I would tell my friends or my family. It's up to you to take that, right? Yeah, you're really not selling. You're no. more you're, you're more helping I'm an them. Advisor. Yeah, you're, you're you're advising the purchase. That's right. You know, and look, I think at the end of the day, there are some people that can do that, and there are some people that can't do that. And you know, it's it, now was that something that was necessarily trained, or was that something that has come from other experience? That you've had, you know, in your professional career of just mm-hmm. that, that intent to want to serve, but just to advise, not necessarily mm-hmm. sell, mm-hmm. you know, how, how that, how that start for you? Well, the foundation of that comes from my dad. He does, um, he does life insurance and investments, right. And he's been doing it a long, long time. And that I've kind of seen him in his mode, like doing his thing. And it was just so crazy to me that like, you know, when he suggests for somebody to do something, they're just like, cool, no problem. 
right? They're just, they, they just trust him completely, right? And to see the drastic contrast between the trust that they had in him and the trust that somebody puts in a car salesperson, it was literally night and day. Um, and I was like, yo, I want to be that. Like, I want to be that guy that the car sales guy that people actually trust. Like, that's the thing to be in my eyes. Um, and I also dabbled not only in sales, but in the marketing side of things, right? I was doing the digital merchandising for a little while, getting a taste of that and understanding that from the marketing standpoint and the importance um, of, of dealing with customers in a certain way or, or the message and how to deliver it, right? I got that um, from that side of things. But um, it was really just my, I guess, my drive and desire to change the outlook of what salespeople see, like people, the perception, right? They're like, oh, dirty, greasy car salesperson. Like that needs to change, right? If, if, if we're going to continue to do business and, you know, not lose out to somebody who just buys it, let's say Carvana, like I have nothing against it. It's amazing. It's an amazing experience, but you know, to lose that smile and the shake, the handshake, or to lose that person that can sit there and kind of reason with you back and forth. Right. I think that's, I think it would be totally, you know, detrimental to lose that too early because there's a time and place. Right. No, it is. It, look, it's, it's all about the relationship, relationship, you know, and, and, and that's, that's cool. As someone that was embedded with you, you know, at a young age, you know, and, but it's through like your first goal and objective is to generate trust. Yes. Through generating the trust, then you can help facilitate the transaction. That's right. But, you know, you're sure in the hell not going to be able to facilitate the transaction until the trust is actually there. See, that's see right. I think that's kind of like, I see a lot of new, you know, car salespeople get into the business, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I find that seems to be like one of the biggest mistakes that they make mm -hmm. is, is that they try to go from the meet and greet all the way to the end of the transaction mm -hmm. like that. And, yes. and, and they don't realize that there are these, you know, kind of micro wins, right? That's right. I mean, like, I know I've had this, and I'm sure you probably had this too, where I've won mm -hmm. the trust of a, of a customer. Yes. But still couldn't sell them a car. Yes. Because maybe the product I had just didn't feel comfortable didn't enough. Right. Maybe it wasn't powerful enough. Right. Maybe, you know, just it was not, not they were, they, it was not big enough for them, whatever it was, right? But I still mm -hmm. lost it by still getting their trust and actually mm -hmm. ended up getting referrals from them. I probably sold more I, cars. There you go. All right. Through, through, <laughs> through people I never even sold the car to. That's right. But because that, that for, uh, for me, just like for you, it was very early on. It was just like my, my goal was not to sell a car, my goal was to gain trust. And, right. and, and through that relationship, then I can facil facilitate that. For, for right. what advice, you know, and I think that's a good point for anybody out there starting, but what other advice would you give, you know, to anybody else out there starting in the business, you know, mm -hmm. green pea, just getting into the dealership, kind yeah. of learning through the product and, you know, mm -hmm. starting to take their first ops. What would, what kind of advice would you give them? I would say, um, be yourself, be yourself. Don't, you know, don't pretend to care about something that you don't, right? And if honestly, and then if you, and if there is, they're talking or the, the customer is you know, talking to you about something that you don't necessarily care about, um, you know, it's not that you have to care about it, but I would suggest take an interest in it, learn something about it, get their view on it, because at the end of the day, there's somebody else that's into that same thing. So to have that ability to, you know, dip into and dabble into a lot of different things. Um, if it's something as simple as learning how to say hello, goodbye, or thank you in various different languages, which is something I try to do. 
um, it goes a long way, you know, it goes a long way. Um, so take, even though if you're not interested, take something from it, learn something from it because every single customer has a lesson for you. You just have to be listening to hear it. I think that's, that's a really good tip for anybody out there that's starting in the business is, is that, is that understand that you can learn just as much from your client as your client's ever going to learn from you. And I think for, you know, getting to that place with a customer where you're willing and open to learn from them, all right, your ability to get to that place of trust is going to happen a hell of a lot faster than if you're just simply just talking at the customer and not wanting to actually learn something about them or learn anything from them. I mean, I I can be honest with you, I have some of the best lessons I've ever learned. I've learned from people that I've sold sold vehicles to. Yeah. (laughs) I learned how to sell hybrids um, from a taxi driver. Like okay. I learned the really? facts about the hybrids in terms of how long they last. You can only learn so much from training, right? You'll learn way more from that life experience. The guy who spends his entire life in the car and has 700,000 kilometers on his Camry hybrid. Like you'll learn like how much the battery costs, how often you have to switch it. You'll learn what kind of things go on it, how much these, it costs to upkeep. You learn all that stuff from the people who have to go through it. So that's why, you know, you, you got to treat everybody like like a textbook. 100%. They're coming and, to give you something to learn. And, and you got to be willing to keep your ears open, right? That's right. Like, I've, you know, we open the mouth way too much, you know, and it's just like, again, at the end of the day, it's getting to that trust, that trust point. Well, Keneal, um, I know it's towards the end of our time, but mm-hmm. I am so hoping that mm-hmm. the reigning champion of the 2019 People's, Cho- People's Choice Award is also mm-hmm. going to be the 2020. I got a gut feeling. I just got a feeling. If I was a betting man, mm-hmm. I'd put some money on it. Thank I'm you just- so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, Kenil, though, before I let you go, though, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and would love to connect with you and kind of follow along with your journey, I know you just started hitting the red button and putting out some video content. So yes, yes, bravo, I did. bravo. Thank you for that. You're my inspiration. <laughs> One of my inspirations for that, for sure. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. What is the best way to connect with you, sir? Um, you can jump on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, Keneal, K-H-E-N-E-I-L, Black, B-L-A-C-K. Same thing with Instagram, um, Keneal, at Keneal Black. Um, yeah, every, everything. It's all Keneal Black, all of it, right? I'll be on there. It's a cool that, thing about having a unique name like that, right? Like that's There's right. probably not a whole lot. You know, you go search up my name. There's about a million of us. Um. <laughs> I got uh, Keneal at gmail.com. How lucky is that? First Whoa. name at gmail.com. <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is something. You know you got a unique name when you're able to get that at gmail.com. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Keneal, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a blast. You have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Jason. You have a great one. Thanks. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy Mob Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to sign up to be a mobster at strategymob.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.